Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 458 of the JV Club. Gosh, that number's high. With my wonderful, wonderful guest, Laura Lee Abbey. If you read the podcast episode description, you already know that this is such a perfect guest for the JV Club. I love the show that Laura has put together, and it was such a pleasure talking with her. Please check it out. Check out Seventeen, her own podcast where she talks to her teenage self. I gotta tell you, I hope you are all doing well. And might I also add, I hope I will be seeing some of you in person on the Joko Cruise. I'm feeling healthy, excited, really looking forward to some time with some wonderful, wonderful folks. So I hope to see some of you there. It's very cute. I love this. The is it like that pink and green? Yeah, it's to look this like is like green. our guest room slash my wife's office, and so she wanted a plant. <laughs> <laughs> it is the size of like your hand. It's not like a robust. She, I love she, that you're like she wanted a plant. She buys things online the and plan. they show up and they're like miniature. And I'm like, have you not learned how to measure? Like every damn time. So this is just one thing among a million. I have Always. to say, I love that. I because number one, I feel like I connected with that hard, but I but I can't think of what specific thing that's yeah. happened with. But for sure, I feel like I've been like, oh, I got this thing, and it's like, oh, this is a teacup, yeah. and it's like the size of a quarter. It was like, so I guess it was on the miniatures page. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. Exactly. Always. <laughs> oh, that gives me a deep sense of I'm part of a community of people who all do that, and you I are. absolutely love you. It. Are. <laughs> Uh, what else do I need to know about things that you order online that you're disappointed by once it gets there? Um, she just ordered a bunch of hats for one of our kids, and they're too small, like, always. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, with kids stuff, and I say this without having kids, but even just as a, you know, honorary aunt and present buyer, boy, buying something off based off of the age that a child is could not be less it's a like, wild unpredictable yeah. yeah it's just such a it's like oh but i got this is for a one to two year old well he has a size he's like a four-year-old size head that's like so. if i shopped like oh i'm just shopping for 36 year olds like it's, <laughs> yeah. like it's completely ridiculous like that's, so dumb. that's an amazing that's a great sketch that's a great sketch right? the idea of like and what size are you ma'am well i'm 36 <laughs> 36 hips i'm 36 years old <laughs> yeah right yeah no one would know what to do because that you start thinking about dressing your age not as a size but uh-huh. as an attitude uh-huh. and that is a non that i mean that thing doesn't exist at all like i look whenever i watch period dramas i'm always like oh no the 16 year olds look like they're 50 to me yeah. you know what i mean like there's just but there that doesn't i feel like that doesn't exist anymore i don't know what the right outfit for any any, any ages, ages other than yeah yeah. But there is this one woman who walks her dog in the neighborhood, and she genuinely, she's very small, very petite, in great shape, and wears really cute, like, Forever 21 sort of outfits. And I've been seeing her for, like, the last six years, and still, every time, I'm so shocked when I get close enough to her to realize she's, like, 70. Yeah. 
Because from afar, you're like, that is sort of jarring. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a, it's a combination of like, good for you, but also like, are, is anybody, do you ever, are you ever made to feel bad about that? Like, does it backfire on you where, you know, some horrible dude is like, oh, dude, weird. I thought you were going to be like young and pretty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a risk. It's a risk. And as you know, we all dress for that random guy on the street who yes. is or is not going to say That's something That's it, 100%. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to when you were a teen uh, and ask you what your style was like when you were a teenager. Did you feel you dressed your age uh, as a teenager? Well, my problem was that I am 5'11", and I was as a teenager. 5'10", um, baby, all yeah. the way. So... And people always thought I was older than I was. And I was still trying to dress like this. You know, I was a teen in the early 2000s, like low rise, everything. And pants were never quite long enough. Oh, so much butt crack and sitting in a school chair. So So much butt crack. I wore all that stuff. But like I looked, I probably looked like that woman walking her dog in your neighborhood. Like what is this (laughs) old bat doing in these clothes? I tried. I tried. You know, now I'm yeah. like high waist forever. I don't care. I know, I That's know. it. If it goes up to my boobs, I'll buy it. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, and where were you a teenager? Where were you a teenager in the in the aughts? I was a teenager on like location wise. Where was I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a teenager on Long Island. Um, okay, beautiful I guess Long I, Island, New York. I started to have a, a clue when you said I was a teenager on. Um, instead of in yeah. i was like uh oh someone might be about to say long You're island on based on island. my many friends You're not from in long the island, island. Yeah. it's true yeah. okay all right i this is this is a this is an era and a location that i am familiar with from yeah. friends from who lived on long island yeah and it was all like obsessed with the city like if you met kids who didn't go to your school like how far are you from the city like do you yeah. go to the city like that was it that was like how yeah. you gauged like if they were cool or not. Like now oh, I'm like, sure. why would we ask people how far they live from the city? Like that had anything to do with anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. As you know, coolness can actually, again, you can measure clothes by age and you can measure coolness by literal distance yeah. of your house from My New York City. Right and it gets cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler. And cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was something that I did not have a sense of as a younger person about Long Island. I really thought, you know, as a person who has only lived on the West Coast and who really didn't spend any time in New York till I was in my early 20s, I assumed that Long Island was like, yeah, might as well be in Manhattan. You know, I sort of had that relationship to it. Like I was, I knew the difference between New Jersey and New York. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that gets kind of drilled into you watching television and movies. Long Island, you don't hear as much about. And so I was like, oh, I'm sure it's like, you just, everything still looks like Manhattan. You're just in, you know, you're just a a hop over the water. Um, But it's so much more suburban than I thought, right? Oh yeah. And I was like way out there. So it's like hours of your life on the LIE sitting in traffic oh, um, sure. to get anywhere you want to go. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. And New Yorkers are not shy about a horn. I mean, they are not shy about a horn. No. I still have that's people rough. know, like, how are you comfortable driving in the city? I'm like, I grew up on Long Island. It's like, if you're yeah. not an aggressive driver, you're not getting anywhere. Uh-huh. Like, that's what we had to learn. That's you what we had to do. You need to be willing to drive up over a car, <laughs> roll across right the top over. of it. Then... Yeah. <laughs> So I'm a I'm a badass city driver now. So just watch out for me. Uh, oh, I'll watch out for you. Just watch right. out. 
does that also extend to like parking spaces and sort of because I feel like I got I sort of got familiar and got good as a driver in San Francisco, which is also a really shitty place to drive because of the hills and like, God forbid, you have a stick shift and a lot of double parkers everywhere, a lot of one way streets. Um, And I do feel like. Uh, there was an aggression there about mm-hmm. parking spaces too, where I was like, "Oh, this! I, if I go to, all the way to the dark side, like I will be one of these people who's like standing arguing with someone over a parking spot." Mm-hmm. I won't <laughs> fight with people, with but like if I find a spot and I'm, you know, on a, sh- you know, say I'm on 78th Street in Manhattan and I am blocking six cars, a lot of people will freak out because they're like, "Can I parallel park and only yeah. hold that? Like, can I do this on one shot?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care. Everybody, relax." I'm going to yeah. take my time getting into Ugh, this spot. That's like because a superpower to have that calmness. I, I love it. Because you stress out so many times and then you're like, I got to park here and I got to get in yeah. here and everyone's going to chill because they would do the same to you. They would do the same. They that's the problem care. I have is I forget that when the roles reverse, everyone is suddenly that you're still the good guy. Yeah. If, whether you're the one that needs to park and everyone needs to hold on or you're the one waiting for someone else to park, you're still the one that's like, I'm being wrong here uh-huh <laughs> that's amazing yeah no do you have siblings yes i do i'm I... just wondering if the sort of like the being able to occupy space with people who might or might not be like hey is like maybe you're better at it if you are if you are like around siblings and you're like a family who has to like share and bicker and stuff is that do you think you could draw any kind of line between those two things I, i'm gonna draw a line um yeah i'm the Thank youngest God. of three <laughs> I'm the youngest of three, and my older sister is just 15 months older than me. So, you know, and my brother was three when I was born. So, you know, my mom always said, she was like, it's like you knew that I just couldn't do it, and you just took took care of yourself right away. Like, my aunts tell these stories. They're like, yeah, you would just be in the corner, like, playing by yourself. And I'm like, this is so depressing. Like, I got left places. (laughs) Like, I got left at, like, the beauty parlor all the time. But so, yeah, so I learned how to be a loud mouth um, at a very young age yeah, you did. <laughs> to get when what say, I need. <laughs> yeah. When you say left there, do you mean left there like I forgot that I left my daughter at the beauty parlor when I left? That's oh, what it, okay. yeah. Because it could have meant like, and, you know, my friend worked at the beauty parlor and when I needed a babysitter, I could just sort of leave you there. But In no, it defense, was like, oh, my God, I have a daughter who's it, there. My mom's sister owned the beauty parlor. So, like, okay. I would just be around and then, sh- you know. There were more than one time, I think, where she left and just forgot to take me with her. (laughs) (laughs) Having a a family member with a beauty parlor is one of those kind of tropes that if you if that's not something you've grown up with it sounds like a movie it sounds like you know ah the place where you kid and then you take your kiddo and then Uh everybody's kind of gossiping it's It's kind of great was it like that yes and this was the 80s so everyone was getting a perm (laughs) oh my god and that's a big commitment commitment. everything sort of smells like frying hair yeah oh my mom permed my sister's hair when she was like four or five like we we look at pictures and we're just like what were you thinking (laughs) i guess enough to perm Thank God, not me. I know. I mean, I might. Even when I was five, my hair was like I was. I feel like I was mostly bald. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I had it would have like been down very to my bad butt at that age. Oh, yeah. lo- and you still have pretty long hair, yeah. Yeah, I try. I just want to grow it's anymore. Very pretty. It's having babies really f's you up. Oh, is that? Is it? A, that's a hormone thing, eh? That's what I'm blaming. Quite you know? possibly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I read somewhere once, and it really stuck with me that supposedly everyone has like their hair length where. 
you might just be a person where your hair gets to a certain point and it's like I'm I done. Need to, I need to read that because I literally like my boobs like all I yeah. ever dreamed about is having this like mermaid I don't know where I think I'm going topless with my hair <laughs> covering my nipples but like that's my dream and it just won't it like hits the it nip might, and then it's yeah. like I'm, I'm actually done now and I don't yeah. like I never that's cut it that's the same just level for me too I always wanted I did and I think it's because I saw like my dad let me watch you know splash on video cassette as, uh, as a younger person and like yeah yeah, you, there's a lot of like sexy, like not super sexy, so sexy that your parents wouldn't let you see it movies, but movies where a beautiful woman is naked, but for her hair, but her hair yeah. uh, or at least topless, but for her hair. So I think that is something that kind of creeps yeah. in there. And it can't be done, not without extensions. So I guess it can't be unless you're, yeah, unless you're one of those people who just has, but I, I it made sense to me. It made sense to me. Now, can we, I, we, I actually find a, any kind of record of that on the internet? Hopefully. But I definitely did read that and have heard other people say like, oh, yeah, no, like some people's hair grows, gets to just below their shoulder and it just starts breaking off into split ends or just kind of decides it's I done. A and long night of Googling ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, OK, so when your wonderful, wonderful publicist, who is just the most delightful person in any time she ever says, like, I have this person that you absolutely must know if you don't already. I'm never let down by it in any way. Um, but you know what my podcast is about. Do you how do you know, like, did you have the same response to coming on my show as I had to having you on my show? Which is like, oh, interesting. Teenage years, vulnerability, like, you you know, awkward, yeah. aw- being an awkward dork, but also like a soulful human being. Yeah. Is that where you like, oh, my sister? Yes. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. I was like, this isn't this is amazing. I'm so excited. Will you tell um, my listeners uh, about you and what you're working on and why so that they can have their mystery solved of why uh, I, mm-hmm. I just said everything that I just said? Of who the hell I am? Yes. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I am Laura Lee Abbey. I'm a writer. Um, as I said, I'm a loudmouth, so I've kind of just been like sharing all my stuff. For years, I write a lot of first person essays, that sort of thing. And so I have a podcast called 17 Conversations with My Teenage Self. And yeah. I'm going back to my journals. I'm a lifelong journaler. I Good for you. Stacks and stacks of them. And yeah, so I'm going back to my journals from my last year of high school. So I'm primarily 17 in those journals. Surprise. I'm digging through like the cringeworthy moments, like the super fun, exciting moments, the really shitty stuff that I think I buried and forgot ever happened. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm I'm also interviewing some of the people from those those journals. It's like some of my closest friends, my my sisters in the second episode. I interview my mom and we talk about sex because she would never talk about that with me when I was a teenager and really kind of needed it. Yeah. Did she talk about that with any of your siblings? No. No, she, she, <laughs> she shut that down anytime we attempted it. Oh, no. Yeah. And then I have like this boy. He's not a boy anymore that um, I had these feelings for in high school and we hadn't spoken in a long time. And I kind of called him up and I was like, I'm doing this podcast. I got to talk to you about some st- I got to come clean. So, yeah, we're going back to high school. Um, there's this brilliant young actor, Leia. She's 17, actually, and she voices the journals. So she's reading nice. the journal entries as young Laura, as we lovingly call her. And then I'm hosting. I love it. I feel like this is one of those things where, you know, I think the only the closest I've come is threatening to make to read some of my own high school journals as like bonus content for subscribers and stuff. But I've never done it. I keep saying that's what I'll do. And then something else happens where I do a different episode or I'll do something else. But they are I do have those journals and I am 
terrified of revealing like just some of the most pretentious yeah uh-huh. some of it's good some of it's i'm like oh i was like a sensitive thoughtful kid right yeah. you know and no, then it's kind other of in times touch I'm with like, my feelings and sometimes yeah. i'm like you are so dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally i mean also it's not a great when you have like you know part of your journal is like describing di- like the different kinds of lsd you were taking and like <laughs> what effect they had on you okay well you were a cooler teenager really than old. i was <laughs> oh i don't know about that i don't know about that i mean i was a younger stupider teenager who did all of that really early and then by the time i was a senior in high school i was sort of like you know i don't want to say i was prim because i still like kind of drank and i think i smoked pot but um, all the really crazy stuff happened when it was the most dangerous. <laughs> like, yeah. You're 13 years old. You don't know who this person is. You're getting into their car. Like, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, you absolutely need to be sharing your journals. These are, this oh, stuff is juicy. God. I love that people have been willing, right? To, I mean, have you had uh, instances where you thought, oh, gosh, this person would be such a perfect guest for this entry? You know, it, it feels like a must. And then you've had someone just be like, I'm just too shy. I'm too embarrassed to be a part of it. Or are people pretty game? Everyone's been pretty game. There was one where it was just, oh, it was a boy and he was like the most popular boy in school. And uh, oh. Ooh, were you nervous? Did you get the nervous when Leia is reading those entries? Um, do you get the sort of like fizzy stomach feeling, the butterfly feeling of the feelings that you had at the time? Or are you objective enough and for far enough away that you don't feel that? A little bit of both. There are certainly sometimes, and because you, you, I mean, who's ever heard someone else like perform their journal entries? It's such a like a out of body experience. Yeah. Um, so there were times like as we were recording, hearing her, and I'm like, uh, this is stuff I wrote when I was 17, the most private shit ever. And it was just so crazy. I mean, it was definitely an experience hearing her do that. And I certainly like, there were like feelings. Yeah. And so part of that was the popular guy. The popular guy was like, yeah, I guess I'll talk to you. I was pretty cool back then. So, Well, he was, it turned out he was really, I shouldn't be telling any of this because I want everyone to listen to the episode. That's but, true. Um, that's true. That's true. Were, give me um, like, you can give me like a snippet that will only make people hunger for more. Okay. So I, we were randomly Facebook friends and we had never really spoken because we were never really friends because um, he was the cool guy. And so I basically was like, I have no dignity. And I just sent him this super long Facebook message. I was like, this is the project. Had a huge crush on you. Like, can we talk about it? And um, he was really sweet. And he messaged me back. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's all she's going to say, everybody. Uh, let me, if you don't mind, and I don't, again, want any of the, if the, any of this feels like it's better explored on your podcast, I will absolutely just continue to sort of direct traffic that way. But in terms of your sexuality, is that, I'm, obviously, you're very happily married to a wonderful woman. And I'm wondering how much of that you explored as a teenager, if you were in touch and exploring, if it was later discoveries, if it was what that looked like. Yeah. So that was later discoveries. And I do chat about that in the podcast because, you know, my journal entries, it's, I was such a boy, crazy 17 year old. I really grew up. It was, it was partially the moment, the early two thousands, everything was like, you are straight or you are gay. There was no in between and there was no nuance to any of it. And so I just 
grew up in this in this boy crazy world. So yeah, as um, I think even in the first episode, I'm like, okay, so you're gonna hear all about me like hooking up with boys and having crushes on boys. But like, obviously, I have a I have a wife. So how did that happen? That happened in college where I think I met her and it was this aha moment. And so you know, I certainly I wasn't a teenager who was closeted and hiding it and scared. Like I really was like crushing on these boys, and it didn't even occur to me that there was this whole other world out there. Um, and then I met my wife. We were 19, so it was a total disaster. Um, and then that just snowballed, and it was like years and years of continuing the disaster yeah. until we were like, oh, let's get married. We should have kids. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so amazing to sort of have that tumult be like coming together growing up. I mean, I don't know how much you were like full on breaking up or if it was just sort of like we're sticking with this, but it's really hard right now. But then you continue to stick with it. Did you guys sort of come apart and back together again? Yeah, like, we fully? did a lot of like, I like what you're kind of doing there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm was... making the DNA strand yes, with my the, hands. Yes, basically. the DNA strand. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's that's what it was. It was like coming apart. But then, yeah, I mean, I would say after college, it was like not fully coming apart. That whole thing where you're never quite broken up you're just like really screwing each other up (laughs) and now we're just so boring we're just married and we're just like trying to keep our kids alive and we just got one of them a lizard and I'm like this is our life now like laundry and lizards and that's it but do you feel like you've earned that in the sense of I mean that's to, to to work through all of that I mean you're so right what a tough to to meet somebody when I think again about the person I am now everyone I've dated since I was 19, like the idea of any of them having, you know, being the one and having to survive what I was going through, through those years. Bless them. Yeah. Like we really, and I'm we sure vice versa. So now, yeah, there are some nights where I'm like, when we first moved in together, cause we moved to LA, we graduated in 2007. I moved out to LA with her. And I remember like trying to break into her phone when she got in the shower, to, like see who mm. she was texting. And I'm like, yeah, now like we fight about who because she loaded the dishwasher wrong like I'm like do you remember that and I'm like but I I kind of I like that that I'm fighting with you about the dishwasher I don't have the energy for like the crazy that we used to have oh the crazy is so exhausting I mean it is so destructive it is it's not as I mean everyone pretends it's like fun and exciting it's not Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where... <laughs> the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum film new episodes every week on maximumfun.org and you actually just walked into our recording booth oh weird sorry i thought this was a video store you seem like a lady with a lot of problems what was your school like was it a big public school was it a private school i went to a big high school big public high school um i feel like i graduated with something like 500 other kids and yeah i mean talk about being out i think i could maybe tell you like one guy i knew that it was out and he was like the token like everybody's gay best friend but yeah 500 kids i graduated with and none of them were out like let's get real like yeah ridiculous ridiculous yeah 
But that's kind of the time and the place I was growing up in. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I really pinned that down in my mind when you were saying that that it was sort of one or the other, which is like an interesting different phase from, you know, people who experienced like and are still experiencing, you know, there is no coming out. There's no coming out no matter what you know about yourself or discover about yourself. You know, there's of course, I would be crazy if I didn't think, say, that there are communities where you still are just like I might as well be in the 1950s. Right. Um, but that era of of the the exactness of, well, you're gay or you're straight. Which is it? Yeah. Is right. also a really interesting phase in culture, right? That's an interesting love. That's a different kind of pressure in a way. Yeah. As, every, as gay, we're all trying to. Everything. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like that was everything. Uh, and was your school uh, like a sort of a good one? Was it known to be like, oh, this is a place where, you know, people go off to like a sweet ass college yes, versus yep. it was a yeah. lot of wealthy kids going off to ivy league schools um because some of those big public schools you never know that you know yeah. i think mine was big and i don't know that it was like you know people weren't like oh all the elite come out of you know my yeah we were elite i think that's why my parents actually moved us to that area um oh. good public schools but it was a great school but i mean the kids' cars in the parking lots were nicer than, like, all the teachers. It was one of those kinds of places. Oh, Not sure. mine. Well I, said. I had to borrow my brother's car when he lost his license, and it was barely running, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> were you a good student? Were you into academia at all or, or bits um, and parts of it? Yes. Intellectually, I peaked in high school. I was a great student. I had a bright future. <laughs> and then I went to college and I was like, well, this is fun. I'm going to drink every day and not worry about a thing. <laughs> what were you? Did you have extracurricular activities? Like, were you a drama kid or a tennis I kid? Was, um, I was like a philanthropy kid. I did. Key oh. Cl- I talked about this on a, another podcast, Key Club, which is. Um, part of like the Kiwanis. Um, okay. So we did a lot of, yeah, a lot of um, volunteering at a local community shelter and that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of kids would join like to kind of get into college. Um, so we had the club did really well at my school, actually. Um, so I was co-president with one of my friends and we were on nice. yearbook and yeah, just like did weekend you have- jobs and yeah, I was going to say, just did you have the experience of kids coming in who were not really into helping the community and were sort of off put by the shelters or once everybody just I only say that because you mentioned that it was sort of a good thing to have on a resume or, you know, going into a college. So I wonder if as co-president you had the experience of, you know, somebody coming in and then being like, oh, I didn't know I actually had to, you know what I mean? Versus like everybody being of strong and pure heart. My my friends and I. So it's funny because for some (laughs) what a weird high school I went to for some reason the key club was like a cool thing to join and I think the kid who had been president before us was kind of popular so I had been in it with my friends and then I guess we were seniors at this time when we wanted to like become like take over the club and all of these like quote-unquote popular kids like ran against us and we were so upset because we were like they haven't even been part of this they don't even show up and they're gonna just win and we ended up winning we were so thrilled so it's like my friends and I kind of ran the club but we were really the only ones that every week went to this shelter and once in a while like other kids would like show up here and there but no it was you know people did not commit the way that we did but we really fell in love with these families and these children and it was just like an enjoyable part of um, 
like our lives. Yeah. Well, it's like many things like that. I think, you know, if you show up for it, it kind of shows up for you, so to speak, versus, you know, like kind of just like punching your card going like, yeah, someone will see this on a piece of paper and think I'm amazing. So (laughs) let me just go ahead and see if I can exploit that as much as possible. Um, What did you do for fun kind of outside of, I mean, I know you're talking about little weekend jobs and stuff, but, um, and I don't mean that diminutively, uh, were you, were you a, let's go into the city as much as possible kind of teen? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like (laughs) took the train and our train, we are, we didn't have an express train. So it was like a, like a full two hour train ride. But you know, my friends and I, we were kind of lucky. Like I was the youngest of three. So by the time I was in high school, my parents were kind of like, See yeah. ya. Yeah. <laughs> just make it home. <laughs> so like we, I, my friends and I would just go in the city and sometimes we would see Broadway shows. Sometimes we would go downtown to go shopping and um, we would sometimes go to Dallas barbecue where they would serve us alcohol for some uh-huh. drinks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like whatever we could do in the city. We were there. Like yeah. shows at Madison Square Garden, like Dave Matthews was a, you know, big oh, sure. Long Islanders love their Dave Matthews back in the uh-huh. 2000s. So yeah. yeah, we were doing it all. I got to be honest, I just started listening to some Dave Matthews again for the first time in a very long time. And I and I I and I definitely was into him, but I wouldn't say he was like in my top 3 bands, but I definitely very much liked the Dave Matthews band. Um for, you know, the sort of most popular middle four albums or what have you. And then I just kind of fell off it, especially because it's people started and this sucks, but like once it became a thing where people were like, kind of like you are or you aren't, like you were saying about your sexuality, absolutely, it was like, absolutely. you're either going to all of the shows and jamming, 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 or you're not a fan. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm not that fan. I'm not that fan. <laughs> Can't be um, that girl. Yeah. And then I, so, but then I was on a road trip and I was like, I'm feeling some Dave Matthews right now. And I put it on, I was like, kind of expecting to sort of joke about it like no oh, dave matthews and his jam band and i was like actually this is this feels like very sophisticated it feels yes. like very much timeless it feels like it could have come out today yes. <laughs> like uh-oh. one of my high school friends recently were on like a mom thread and she was like i did like school drop off and i've been listening to the, the dave matthews i think it's on you know like satellite radio or something and i was like hmm and i put it on and i was like oh my god this because really holds when I was up young, I, when i was young i thought that i cared about music my dad's a drummer and like I thought I paid attention to that, but I clearly didn't enough that I was listening to it. And I was like, oh, my God, these musicians are so good. Like, I yeah. wasn't really registering that. I was just sort of, you know, enjoying it. And now I'm like, oh, wow, they're really doing some, like, yeah. extremely unusual, cool stuff. And it's kind of hard to believe that it got as much play on the radio as it did. Yeah. For how, you know, orchestral and jazzy and strange and some of it was just weird sounding. And I was like, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I immediately felt like maybe I should admit that. And then I was like, fuck this. That's not fair. Yeah. I'm going to admit that it's sophisticated good music. I'm coming out <laughs> as a fan of Dave Matthews. <laughs> Still not in my top three, everyone. Still not in my top three. Still a fan. Still a fan. Uh, yeah, the concert thing. I mean, just what you're describing, I definitely connect with not because I had access to, you know, a place like New York City, but just for sure. I mean, did you have a sense of vulnerability in those scenarios? Because I was... I. I kind of what you're saying earlier. I mean, I was a, a kid who could not connect with my mortality. I did not. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was like stealing a motorcycle <laughs> by myself, but 
for sure, I was doing things that I, I was just like, I don't, there's no part of me that's, nothing's sinking in. If someone's like, watch out, be careful, take care of yourself, that just wasn't sinking in. Right. Yeah. Did Did you have that experience? Like, or did you, in New York, were you ever like, mm, maybe we shouldn't be walking down the street nope. this time of night? No, nope. <laughs> just always assumed everything would be just fine. I remember I went through a big, good Charlotte phase, and I remember going... Yeah to see them at one of those like Hammerstein ballroom or one of those venues. And I think I just lost all my friends and I was like way up, just like jumping around and dancing and just going nuts. And I remember it was like the, I was probably 16. It was like the best night of my life. And I'm like, how did I find my friends? Like, where was I? Like, Uh did we have phones? (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Totally. Totally. Um, And did you have anything happen that was kind of like, Oh shit this can happen or did you kind of just get lucky and kind of skate through for the most part which is mostly what happened to me yeah yeah oh my god i remember when i one of my first episodes of the podcast i had i mean not like yeah it was one of the early ones with carrie kinney silver who was like in the state and uh, reno 911 and she was talking about the stuff that that she was doing uh when she was young and that was i and, and surrounding new york city as well and she definitely was like Dude, like, I cannot believe I'm alive. Yeah. And we laugh. But for my younger listeners, please just know all it takes is one horrible. That's so hard to know, right? You as a mom. I mean, you and your wife talk about that all the time. Like, what are our boundaries? How knowing how much something's going to get pushed, would we rather know it's happening and therefore we can be there for our kid because we'd rather our kid call us if there's something going yeah. on? Oh my Do you God, know what I mean? What are those conversations all like? The time. Well, because so my wife was way worse than I ever was with like the drugs and the shit that she and her friends got into. Like I was I was pretty tame. Like my friends and I drank and smoked pot and like went into the city. Like I don't want to make it out like we were like so crazy and cool because we weren't. <laughs> but like she was in this whole other world and we're like, shit, like what? So she's gone completely the, the other direction where she's like, our kids can't do anything. And I'm like, kids experiment and we can't like make it so that yeah. they can't tell us. But like, do I want them like shooting up in my house? Uh, oh, of course God. not. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. So it's like kind of, we're like all these things to figure out, but we're like, yeah, neither of us knows what to do in terms of parenting about like drugs because, you know, my wife's like, I want them to know that they could die the first time and they can't do anything. I'm like, that's not right. how teenagers live their lives. They and that's won't, not how they think. In. So we have no idea what we're going to do. We're just going to make sure that they um, never leave our sight. I don't know. I th- it's so terrifying. <laughs> I totally get. I mean, I yeah, I feel like I guess I do feel like I had friends and maybe maybe you had this, too. And maybe your wife had this, too, where, again, I'm not having to make those decisions. So I can't I can only imagine. But I did have friends whose parents were pretty chill, not that they encouraged anything, but they also it was definitely like a place I feel like I could turn up if I really needed to. But I also really respected them. And there was no question that, you know, they were like the kind of parents who were like, oh, you're incredibly bright. You're definitely very liberal. Like you you, you are still a little bit of a hippie, but you're not. You're a very responsible, accountable, like teacher authority figure. So you sort of had that combination. And I feel like having that and like my one of my best friends, Torin, whose parents this is, um, he was never tempted to do anything that extreme because mm-hmm. he sort of had it just felt like it was that beautiful right combination of like, they knew he was going to smoke some pot. They knew maybe he was going to dabble in something, but like the fact that he didn't feel trapped by anything, I don't think he ever would have done anything like 
hardcore. You know what I mean? I don't think he ever was like we were. Ne- he was never tempted to like you know. Well, I'm going to need his parents' or... home phone number because I would like them to write me a quick guide on how to be yeah, that parent. I mean, it's, it's a trip. And I can totally understand your wife being like, I, I can't I can't pretend like I'm going to be okay with yeah. even the slightest chance that they could gateway she also, into something else. And she'll totally kill me for telling this. But like she also like her. <laughs> she had those parents who like were like, this is cocaine. Do you want to try it? Like, no. you know, like, yeah, oh, like see, she had party parents and direction. I had yeah, no. very much the opposite. So, you know, we come from two very different worlds. And for the most part, it's almost like made her be way more conservative. Sure. Than I, it um, makes sense. We'll be with our kids. But I'm like, you know, we're tr- we're really trying to raise them to be like, we're humans, too. You know, because I yes. feel like I come from a generation of like your parents are like up on this pedestal. And it's like then we grew up and learned that they were humans. And it was this shocking thing we had to go through. And I'm like, I don't want my kids to experience that. I want them to just kind of know that we're real people outside of them who make mistakes. Sure. And so I am hoping if we can somehow figure out how to nail that, then once they're at will. that age where they're interested in experimenting like we have two boys they're not gonna want to talk to their two moms about like sex and everything but yeah. we're we're just gonna have to try to fight through those awkward conversations I really and- i think you will i think the fact that you had you both had very different types of parents is such a gift because i think you'll you'll land in a, a sweet spot in I the really middle. Do. that's the hope if it, you know if you both had like extraordinarily strict parents then you might fall to the side of like Here's Maybe being a little cocaine. too open to it. Like, if you got a shoot up, I guess just do it here. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a clean needle. Here you go. Oh, God. Don't you kind of hope, like, Maybe this just won't be a problem by the time our kids are that age. Yeah, except it's just getting worse and worse oh, and worse. God. I'm oh, like, God. I remember being in college and someone like, you know, like, and I talk about cocaine because that's kind of like the gender. I feel like that was the generation I was and like just taking drugs that. I didn't really know where they came from, but it was always going to be kind of, okay, what's the worst that could happen? And now I'm like, oh, if you accidentally like snort a line of cocaine that someone gives you, you might actually be dead. (sighs) That is what terrifies me. I'm like, the drugs that are out there now, like I don't even, I I don't, not to get into that whole conversation, but I'm like, yeah, with my kids, I'm like, I don't even know what the world is going to look like for them. So that's what's terrifying. Yeah, I totally get it. What a grim place I've taken us to. What a grim, horrible road. Living in fear. (laughs) (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. So you were a very regular and continued to be a regular journalist, journal keeper, um, diary writer, etc. I I totally envy that. I definitely gave up. It's almost like the hair thing. Like, oh, my my journaling grew to a certain length and then I just couldn't get it going anymore and now there are so many things and I feel like such an old fuddy-duddy but there are so many things that I'm just like I just wish I'm gonna forget that yeah and it's a terrible that's a sad moment when you're like I'm probably gonna forget this and I yet I still find myself not not like, doing it typing it up or writing it down anywhere I slowed down that a lot sucks. when we had our first son who's five now and I like really regret that because occasionally I'll like look through and I'll be like babe like we'll be laying in bed I'll be like babe listen to this and it'll just be a journal entry from when he was like a couple months old and it'll just be kind of like a day in the life or something cute he was doing and she's like oh my god what if you didn't have those we would never have remembered that so I've really tried to get back in there and I'm like even sometimes when I'm tired just be like this is what the kids are up to this is what we did this weekend you know just the mundane because that becomes your whole life Uh, totally I mean that's 
I'm gonna. I think my. I really hope that my takeaway. Well, my takeaway. I can decide what my takeaway is. My takeaway from this conversation could be that I really make the commitment, even to just like. Sometimes there's something where I'll just open up my notes and just dictate a paragraph. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like I don't want to forget. Some all started out like that. Like I just don't want to forget that such and such happened. It was very special. There were a couple of moments like that. Actually, when the pandemic was in its early months, where you know it felt like. Many of us, I mean, almost all of us probably felt this feeling of like, okay, this is very unique Mm -hmm. (laughs) and things are happening to me and I'm having thoughts and feelings that I would never probably have had otherwise. And I'm having the experience of being a human being on a different level. And so there was definitely stuff that I I thought I 100 percent am not going to let myself forget that this happened. And, you know, I would sort of record like a voice memo or something. But um, there is a lot of time in especially my college years before I moved to San Francisco and then part of when I was in San Francisco, I didn't take pictures. I I didn't write anything down. It's like, there's like three years of my life that I don't have, I barely have anything to show. I cannot even say what I look like. I just don't have any pictures. (laughs) I was like absent from all record keeping, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's intense. What if it turned out that I was like, and you you had been brainwashed, you were working for the government, and that is why. They destroyed all of your documents, all of your photos. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a one hundred percent happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. I have a game that I like to do towards the end of the episode uh, that is uh, um, the game MASH, Mansion, Apartment, Shack, House. Did you play that as a younger person? Of course. Okay, good. You never know. We are going to do some categories for you that I hope will be enjoyable. And if there's something that I bring up that you're like, "Mm, that's not so much me, like that doesn't feel like a fun thing to imagine, then we can totally do a different category. That being said, let's start out with... I'm going to go with three. (laughs) I'm getting very specific on you. Three movies set in the New York City area that you wish you could jump into and you're getting that version of New York when you're inside. So it's about the world, not about reliving the plot. But it's like, ooh, I want to be in that New York or I want to be on that Long Island or I want to be in that. New Jersey. I don't know what that would be. That sounds terrible to say. But what, what the is, Sopranos. Does that New Jersey exists. <laughs> um, hate mail. Hate mail. Coming in. Coming into us both. I have to confess that I am one of those people. The second you ask me a question about anything, my blank. brain goes completely me blank. Too. Um, me but, too. Okay, I am thinking. It's it can almost be like an exercise in therapy where it's like whatever bubbles up. Like let like you could be like I don't know why it. I'm thinking this right now, but I'm gonna say blah blah blah. And it's okay, like well, I this keep is thinking a reflection about... of the moment we're in, you know. I keep thinking about you've got mail. Oh yeah, listen. Like 
Except, actually, no, you kind of don't yeah. want to be in that New York City. I like the part before um, Fox Books or Done. whatever it is. Done. We're doing that. You, okay. We are freezing Where she just owns a little when she has bookstore her bookshop on the corner. And 100%. she gets to have a beautiful apartment. And yes. Life yes. is so cute. Yeah. We control this. We control this. It does not. It ne- then they never take over. Okay, perfect. Love it. Love it. Okay, okay now I need two more. Mm-hmm. Two more. Mm-hmm. Films in New York City. Well, now all I can think of is Harry Met Sally, but that is because an, uh, apparently I'm only thinking of Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> I mean, she tends to inhabit worlds that are pretty wonderful. Yeah. And also, like, it's hard because, you know, there were a lot of Woody Allen movies that I loved as a younger person. And I'm very much in the place where, like, whether my relationship to his material changes over time, I totally don't judge. I think someone's work can belong to the people and if they do something despicable and you're like fuck you you can't take this away from me Mm -hmm. that's a constant conversation for me emotionally and intellectually like what is my relationship going to be to something if i'm disillusioned by the the artist and some days i'm like i can't listen to this music at all now but then on the next day i can be like but i can watch this movie don't ask me why right i still am angry at both of those people but for some you know what i mean so like the tv show roseanne is like my lifelong comfort food and i'm like am i still supposed to be watching and loving this i don't know but those you know late 80s episodes they bring me so much joy I totally get it. And so, yeah, I be, so you you know what I mean. So I'm saying I'm, I, know I, I know I'm like, oh, God, you know, I was like the watching old Woody Allen movies made me feel like such a grown up when yeah. I was a kid. And, you know, I felt like I got it, even though I don't. I it. now think even more than ever I didn't get it. But, you know, like Hannah and her sisters was was one where, you know, it was mm-hmm. like just love the female characters in that. So anyway, uh, point being, uh, you want me to put uh, the other uh, When Harry Met Sally? I mean, it's a winner of a movie. A little bit, yeah. Let's do it. I think it's the right thing to do. Okay. Only because I'm completely blanking and I'm just uh, apparently I feel like only I, going with Meg Ryan. Every time I see Washington Square, I always think of When Harry Met Sally. And it's like a tiny part of the movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's how much of an influence so it has, you know? Okay, uh, one more. Okay, oh my God, give me some tell me movies. Just and it can list, be from a TV show too. Rattle them off. Um, what's a good, like, um, some sort show. of Studio 54, like, just as we're going to assume you're in a safety bubble, so it's not like you're going to die of a drug overdose. But if you want to see that era, do you know what I mean? Of like, yeah, I'm like, that I'm sort go, of the glam like of like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. That or like, fun. or even just some of the turn of the century stuff. Like, I'm totally falling for the new HBO, like, I'm Downton dying Abbey. I'm to watch it. Gilded it is Age. next on my list. I'm really liking it. Okay. Really well, let's just it. throw that on there then because I know Great. I'm going to like it. It's so, I mean, just from the perspective of, like, imagining New York as it's still being built is mm-hmm. so mind-blowing to me. I like, love oh, that. I'm sorry, a city block that's just a mansion because there was nothing else there? Oh, like, you're, that's you're, insane. Your cows are just grazing in the middle of <laughs> totally. Manhattan? Totally. I'm, like, I'm the dork who went to, like, the Tenement Museum and, like, dragged my wife there, like, I would. years I ago. She's like, why do you want to do this would. weekend? I'm like, I've been dying to go to the Tenement Museum and take a tour. <laughs> like, I love it. I, I absolutely love, love it. Stuff. Yes, yeah, yes. All and that, like, turn that... of the century. Oh, Even yes. though it was, like, dirty, and if you weren't wealthy, it was miserable, but... I know. That's kind of life in general, right? Fascinating. The idea of, 
I've said this before, but like picking up your petticoats to walk oh. through horse shit. Yes. The juxtaposition of how fancy yet how base. Yes. That's just like you're just your a day in the life was is mm-hmm. so fascinating to me. Yes. Okay. Agreed. I love these. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Next one. Let's do three bands. This is a shout out to not in our top three, Dave Matthews. Three bands from any age, any era, could be a singer-songwriter too, or a composer, um, that you would like to have uh give you your own personal soundtrack of your life. So they're basically composing brand new, never before before heard music, and it's going to blend seamlessly with you just a day in the life. Or like, yeah, we're in the car on the way to da-da-da. Like, oh, you know, I'm reading my old journal and now there's like a song from this band that is this brand new song that's like, this is exactly how I feel right now. Okay, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, great. 100%. Um, okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to make fun of me. I'm such an old lady dork. Um, Bob Seger, he's my man. Oh, my God. Love it. Okay. I feel like he could really create some new <laughs> some new shit for me. I um, love it. Also, I just want to quickly say, the moment that my seven-year-old co-star on a Netflix show I was on turned to me and said, do you know who Fleetwood Mac is? <laughs> I was like... She lives on TikTok. Was the most oh, surreal moment my of my life. I was like, I'm sorry. She's like Fleetwood Mac. Have you heard um, of them? They're really good. <laughs> oh my god, it was exciting. Okay, Fleetwood Mac, Bob Seger. Give me one more. One more. Can it be like I kind of want to say Madonna, but it needs to be like True Blue era. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. True Blue era. It. Very fair. Okay, next one. Three foods that in this alternate universe mash game we're creating, there's no ramifications. So whether it's you have an allergy or you just wish you could eat a giant sheet cake without feeling sick or, you know, uh, eating a big juicy steak because in this universe that's ecologically fine. Um, Three things that we're going to give you that you can have whenever you want with zero ramifications. Okay, I um, always just eat anything anytime and I don't even care. Um, so that's my that's my reality. Um, so a sheet cake is definitely on there. Great. I literally would eat a whole cake every day if I could. Fabulous. I'm one of those people who will eat something I know I shouldn't be eating and I'm like the only reason I stop is because it's like starting to hurt. <laughs> it's, it's a problem. I think I have that like thing in my brain that's like you don't understand that you fall. Yeah. You don't feel good. Okay. I have. Yeah. Me too. Sheet cake. Um... Let's see what else. Cherry milkshakes, because nobody Ooh, makes them anymore. So true. And they're the most delicious milkshake. Oh, that sounds so good right now. So good. Five guys made them for a while, and then I guess during COVID, they were like, we can't get our cherries. So they just took oh, it off the no. menu. Yeah, because you know I rolled up to a Five Guys one day, and I was like, excuse me, do you have cherry milkshakes? Yeah. <laughs> what if I bring you the cherries? Yeah. What if I drop them off? <laughs> it's also something I could so easily make at my home, yet I never have. I, um, there's just never so much like that. A hundred percent. I I just this is so embarrassing. This is the most LA thing ever. It's I might as well be talking about avocado toast, but I'm t- talking about this year's avocado toast, which is like, I finally was like, I I guess I could make overnight oats. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're so overnight easy. oats are everywhere We're, in LA right now. Eight ninety nine for oh them my instead. God. <laughs> it's like fourteen dollars for some chia seeds, sunflower seeds, some overnight oats, and some yogurt, yeah. and finally. Like la- only last week was I like this is I need to grow up like yes. I need to make my own overnight oats. It's so I've easy. been making them every night and I've been eating overnight oats every day. See? All the you. combos give me all the different nut butters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so cherry cherry shake I yeah. get it. My wife Sam makes amazing uh, chia pudding that she does overnight. Oh, 
one's so good. Yeah, and then, yeah, we pay a fortune for that whenever we're not at home. But, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, what do I have here? I have cherry milkshakes. I have sheet cake, whole sheet cake just for me. And um, hot dogs with sauerkraut. Yes, indeed. I am my mother's daughter. Love it. Love it. A, okay. <laughs> really high-end palate. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> You want to eat lumps of caviar every day? Gross. Gross. Simply gross. Okay, next one. Let's do three places in the world you would love to have a second home. Can be a vacation home, but could also just be like a home in the middle of a bustling city. You know, could be on a beach, whatever you want. Three second homes anywhere in the world. Okay. Um, Cape Town, South Africa. It's like the most beautiful place in the world. That is a place that is absolutely on my list have not been there yet my parents took us on safari when i was 15 um which was like so crazy and amazing of them it was this yeah. like, lifelong dream of theirs and now i'm like when my kids are teenagers i have to do that because yeah. it was like life-changing um and we um we went to cape town it was so beautiful oh my gosh um, how cool okay i want a house like out in like deer valley utah or aspen i want like a sure um, a ski house out west Absolutely. A ski in, ski out with a heated driveway. Ski yeah. in, ski out. This is great because you're either going to get a ski in, ski out mansion, a ski in, ski out apartment, a ski in, ski out shack, or a ski in, ski out house. We'll find out. Perfect. Uh, um, okay. Okay. One more, one more yeah. location. Where else? Um, honestly, it's February in New York right now. I just want to be warm. So I don't know, like Mexico, whatever. Right. Wherever it's warm and there's an ocean. Great. Great. Both those things are there. Okay, great. Uh, okay, next one. Let's do three uh, three artists, and that can mean a writer or a photographer or a director or a singer, anybody. Three artists from any place in time that you would love to collaborate on something with, alive or dead. I mean, I, I guess they would come back to life, not as a zombie. <laughs> Not, I'm actually terrified of zombies. <laughs> I couldn't watch The Waking Dead, Walking oh. Dead, whatever. I don't even know because I couldn't watch it. You know it. what? They nightmares. both are waking and walking. So <laughs> they're you're waking, covered. They're waking, they're walking. It's terrifying. You're covered. Okay. I don't watch it either. Artists to collaborate with. Um, I want to say Gabriel Byrne because he's my yeah. lifelong crush. I'm not an actor, though, so I don't know what we're collaborating. We don't know. He's a writer, we though, don't know. so we're going to... We're gonna write. You know, yeah, you write don't have books. to even know. You're you're gonna. You guys are gonna figure it out. We're gonna get there. You don't have okay. to know. Okay, Gabriel Byrne, just because I would love to meet him. Um, who else? This is so tricky. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you one, and I will say this is a joint effort. You can, if this inspires it, you want it, the literal thing, or, or makes you think of something else. There's no wrong thing. I would say Jim Henson. I think it would be really fun to like do something. Oh Muppety, my god, that's brilliant! Right? Yes. You want Jimmy Henson? Yeah. Let's throw him I in. I want him. I want to take that from you because Thank that's you. just what that's what popped into my head because I just had on my podcast um, uh, the president of television for the Henson Company just talking about all the different shows that she's worked on and like oh, the inspiration. So cool. I was like, I cannot believe you're living the dream right now. It's insane, and she totally knows, which is great. You don't want the person that's like, yeah. It's it's an okay company. It's okay. You know? yeah. She was like, it's crazy. I can't believe I get to do this. Like, yeah, that's the level That's what of you want to hear. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, and then let's see for your third one. I mean, I have else? one, but it's like a, I, oh, yeah. I'm such a cliche. Like, no, tell Michelle me. Obama. Oh, come on. That's not. not. There's I'm, a reason that people say her because she's right? amazing. 
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's do three modes of transport. All this talk about having to sit on the train or sit in the car or drive over over other cars has got me thinking about other modes of transport. So three modes of transport. I don't care if it's hot air balloon, teleportation, super speed, just running fast, flying. Three ways that you think would be fun to be able to get around that uh, are not conventional. Okay. Do I have to go long distances? Like, does this have to be realistic? No. Like, can it be one of those, like, fancy old timey wood paneled boats? Or, like, you you can't get anywhere on that. Yeah, no, no, no. What do you call those? I mean, I was just going to put old timey boats, but you're right. (laughs) You know what I'm thinking of, right? Absolutely. Do those beautiful, like, honey colored, like, Mm -hmm. beautifully. They look, yeah. Yes. It looks like a barbershop quartet should be on them singing a beautiful song from the past. Okay, Okay. great. Uh, Wooden boat. I'm putting wooden boat. Wooden boat. Um, let's see. When I was in college, my friend Warren f- f- like f- found a pair of roller skates, <laughs> and for a few days was just getting around on roller skates. I-, I feel like what I would want is the experience that he hoped he would have. <laughs> but yeah, definitely didn't. But that feeling of like, what if you know? And when you're in I college, like, what if I could just roller? What if I just have the gliding feeling of being on the rink, even though I'm on the sidewalk and asphalt? So I don't think it worked <laughs> out quite as he wanted it to. But and also he's like six four, so he ha- must have been like six nine. Oh my god! Once I he had really those wish sk- I'd seen old skates on. I know around. it was pretty fucking great. Um, anyway, so that's what I'm saying. Like even if it's something that's unreasonable, we're thinking of it as like the perfect version of whatever that is. Anyway, so you're fine. Yeah. I mean, my boat's unreasonable, but your boat is Um, perfectly, (laughs) beautifully unreasonable. Recently um, read an article about this um, ski town in France where there's just no cars and you just ski everywhere. So I mean, if I could just like get on my skis and ski everywhere, that's the only out town ski and ski out. I'm going to, you know, because I already am going to have the house. Or the apartment, ski in, ski out. Yeah. Love it. I'm I'm just like so in the middle of winter right now. And that's the only thing that. I get it. The only saving I grace in winter. I is skiing. It. <laughs> okay. So I've got skis. I've got my boat. Um, yep. I feel like I need something that goes in the sky. Can I mm-hmm, have like, mm-hmm. like a DeLorean? Like the DeLorean? <laughs> yes. Hell yes. Back to the future. Okay. Absolutely. Done. Okay. Next one is three rooms in your house. If you could have a room that, you know, it, it's it, there's something magical about it. So it's like whether it's a gym or a spa or a forest, none of it is really affecting the blueprint of where you live. But it's this sort of like extra room um, that can be, again, as fantastic or as grounded as you would like. Three. Ooh. Okay. I would love an ocean room where I can just smell it, feel it, stand yeah. between my toes. Blood pressure, immediate drops. Yeah. Yeah. Like that perfect, that salty air that's so good for your lungs and your skin. Yeah. Ocean room. Um, Yeah, no, I just want like different nature rooms. Fair. Me too. Um, um, (laughs) I'm basically about to be like, oh, a room where I can just like get any food I want. That's called the kitchen, Laura. sounds to me like things are going to be more available like you could just grab something you don't have to make anything and no no kitchen can fit like whatever you right. have a hankering for in like, the moment what if so, there was a room where it's like the best sushi i've ever had is yeah. like just gonna be in there or like yeah. really good gelato from yeah. like the um, italy right. the magical snack room it's the magical in there. snack room it's done. in there 
Yeah. Okay, great. And then one more. Okay. I got my ocean room. I got my magical snack room. I want, um, speaking of like gilded age and those types of things, I feel like in like the turn of the century, like, I don't even know how to describe this. I feel like all the mansions had these beautiful sunrooms yes. with just, I basically want the um, like Bronx Botanical Garden, yes. Yes. but just a room. Cause I yeah. can't even keep like a house plant alive. So yeah. that's I a pretty it. realistic room, basically okay. like a sunroom, but you, yeah, like those Yeah, what old... do they call that? The, Cause there's one in the, there's one in Golden Gate Park and I'm just like blanking on what it's called. I hate, poor listeners are listening right now. I'm like, it's yeah, called like, the pump, pump, like it's I called a terrarium. Terrarium, but, that is but it's not. not is that, quite, yeah, it's I think not a terrarium is a small version of that. Yeah. If we just shrink ourselves down into a baby terrarium, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, yeah. It's, it is an arium. It is an arium. Could yeah. be like almost a solarium, but uh, yeah. okay. Okay. All right. Final take okay. solarium. Beautiful. All right. Final one is three people that you would like to have access to their 17-year-old journals. So it could be someone from your own life or it could be, you know, someone from way back in history. It could be it could even be like a fictitious character like, "Oh, I want to read fictional Roseanne's 17-year-old mm. journal." You know what I mean? So yeah. the sky's the limit really on that. Okay. Um Bruce Springsteen, because I love his stories of being young and like growing up on the Jersey Shore. Gorgeous. Um, yes. But I really need him to narrate it because it's the voice really does it for me. You bet. You bet. Um, okay. Hmm. I feel like I come out with like the most, I feel like I'm answering with the most boring things. Because you, I'm don't not. you dare. Don't you dare think that. <laughs> don't you dare. Not at all. But can I tell you the thought that the person who popped into my mind, speaking of things that like don't have a ton of gravity, no offense to the person I'm about to say. But the person who popped into my head was Christina Ricci, which is like, I mean, <gasps> obsessed with her. But, you know, and then all the stuff she was doing at that age was so interesting. She made such interesting choices as a teenage actress. Yes. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, but uh, but I feel like I should say, you know, Virginia Woolf. Um, I know, and that's right? not I'm what like, came into my head. Abraham yeah. Lincoln. Like, that's not what's coming <laughs> into my head. Instead, I'm thinking of the person that I enjoyed watching on, on screen as a teenager. So you're in good company. That's all okay, I'm saying. Okay, good. Good. That makes me feel better. But um, okay. I, I literally boss. just wrote wrote an essay about now and then, so I'm feeling that Christina oh Ricci. Okay, so we got and the she's boss. She's so good on Yellow Jackets. Have you watched Yellow Jackets? <sighs> oh, we just finished it. I was like, we need to finish oh, this because it's fucking me up. God. It's, it's like keeping out- me up at night. Outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. But she's so, isn't she so great? Like, she's so it's great. been a minute since I have fully taken in the wondrous talent of Christina Ricci. And happy to say she has got it. In spades. Like, it is still flying proud. What a badass. Anyway, enough about Christina Ricci. Okay. Yes. All right. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Um, You know, okay. I'm like a big Harry Potter fan. So I feel like I need one of their. (gasps) Yeah. 17-year-old journals. But who? Oof. There's a good good amount of characters I'd be very curious about. so many. Yeah. I kind of love Snape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. So we've got two. We've got the boss. We've got Snape. Okay. Who else? I mean, I would love to see. I would love to read 17-year-old Joni Mitchell's journals just because 
I feel like she was preternaturally predator, writing like insanely mature. It's almost like you've read them because you've just listened right? to her sing them. But, yeah. 17, but 17. 17. I mean, what was that like? Just her writing. That would be All right, I'm amazing. stealing it. Take it. It's my, that was my take idea. It. Take it. I said Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Editing, and then Jenna editing. was like, oh, I would love to do editing <laughs> oh joni mitchell is the best one you've thought of yet it is so good i know Hashtag i know editing. i'm so good at this <laughs> <laughs> okay give me a number between one and seven. Four. okay while i do this again editing is absolutely an option however while i quickly do the quote-unquote math on this mm-hmm. mash game would you be willing to vamp just enough so that people again know to go check out the podcast where to get it what it's called anything else of yours social media anything else of yours you would like people to check out while i get ready to deliver your 100 percent guaranteed mash future yes yes okay, okay. right so 17 Conversations with My Teenage Self um, debuted February 7th. The first two episodes dropped, and you get a new episode every single Monday for a total of eight episodes. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, you're going to hear me chat with people from my past. You're going to hear me tell some super insanely embarrassing stories about sex and relationships and um boyfriends which I never had and um you're gonna hear me talk to my mom and she's gonna she's actually gonna drop a bit of a bomb on me um oh my yeah there's a mom bomb in there a mom bomb in there I love it yeah both my siblings are on it so we're just like going back in time and and really talking about what it was like in the early 2000s but even if that wasn't like your coming of age period um I think you're still gonna relate to it because you know being a teenager is that is a universal experience yeah. of awkwardness. I would almost say especially if you weren't a teenager in 2000s you should check yes. it out because still like, very that's relatable. what's going to give you that feeling you know of, of, yeah. of that experience all right uh please everyone do that I feel certain that they will because again if you like this podcast what are you thinking if you're not going over there and listening to this uh okay I'm very excited I feel like we've got some very good stuff going on here um <laughs> Oh, Listen, you gave me a lot of women. This is a male-heavy uh, mash. You've 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 ended up with a lot of uh, fantastic dudes in okay. your life for one for one thing or another. Um, I I want you to know that you are going to have this is great because the idea that you can jump into the sort of New York of like the late eighteen hundreds. And, and experience that Gilded Age level of New York is going to be so fascinating and so exciting and so sophisticated in certain ways. Um, but rest assured, in your life, whether it's there or here, I want you to know that you got some Bob Seger creating some great <laughs> yes. songs for you about living life and going against the wind. Yes. As if that weren't enough of a uh, smoky-voiced, beloved singer, I want you to know that you also have access to someone reading about his experience as a teenager, talking about how the factory closed as he rolled up his cigarettes in his sleeve. Why are you so good at (laughs) this? Because I love him too. Oh, so good. I was so happy that you are manifesting this teenage journal from Bruce Springsteen because I feel like I'm also going to get, if if I'm lucky, you'll let me listen in as well. Um, But also, you get to collaborate on something. Who knows what it'll be? Maybe it'll be multiple things with Gabriel Byrne. 
Oh wow, yeah. There's a lot of I older gentlemen you, there's entering some my life. Testosterone <laughs> happening here, but I like it because there, there's a, there's gentleness and there's kind of smolderiness and yeah. there's like self introspection. Like there's you know these are soulful men. These are soulful yes. men. Um, soulful men who, by the way, are totally going to be down uh, eating an entire sheet cake with you. Just yes. happy to oh, eat yeah. a sheet cake with you. Perfect. Um, I really took it easy on your wife. Usually I put a crush in here, and I was so wrapped up in all these other categories that I didn't um, do that. So she could consider herself very lucky. I'm keeping yeah. this long-term relationship going. Except that I have major crushes on Bruce and Gabriel Byrne. I kind of thought maybe there was going to be – there was a, some sparks happening there. Um you also have a, a beautiful apartment in Cape Town, South Africa, South Africa. Um, so congratulations on that. The only thing I'm not seeing a lot of here is skiing. However, you do have an ocean room. So maybe you'll do Ooh. some water skiing when you're inside the Perfect. ocean room. But I'm just not seeing a lot of snow for you. So maybe the universe is saying you're getting in enough winter. And yeah, so. these are some some different uh, experiences that you get to have outside of a wintry kind of thing. But if you want to go anywhere, and I mean anywhere, in your DeLorean to yes. get some snow on yet, you might as well DeLorean in, DeLorean out. You don't even have to ski. You can DeLorean Perfect. in and then DeLorean back out. Uh, I think I have covered everything. I feel that that is a very robust, wonderful MASH outcome. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's great. Into this did new not mean life. To put it in the past tense. I apologize. <laughs> Definitely did not mean to put it behind you. It is ahead of you, a hundred percent. Laura, this has been so fun, as I knew it would be. What a blast! So great talking with you about some uh, smaller, small life moments of yours, and also some sort of big picture uh, life stuff as well. And uh, I just want to thank you again and, and tell everybody to check out your show and um, and stay safe out there. Right? Is that we're still saying that to people? We're still saying stay everybody safe. stay safe yeah. out there. I was so excited to talk to you because um, I love your podcast, and I oh, it was just as much fun as I hoped it would be. So oh, thank good. you. Oh, and thank you for finally getting Bruce into my reality. So he's, he's, I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, everybody. I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should Move someplace new And build time machines To go and get us back
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.